1: Well, welcome everyone. Thank you so much for being here. It's a joy to have you here in person and for our our global community online. Thank you. So how amazing, persevere. Is that amazing? So I looked it up, and persevere means to continue making an effort to do or achieve something even if it takes a long time. Is that not the appropriate? Definition for what we've been doing. And so I think it's appropriate today if we read our uh, new minister, Sacred Covenant. Sorry, Mark, I didn't give you more uh, lead time. Um, but let's, uh, in the seat pocket in front of you is the Sacred Covenant. And what it is, is as Sandy said, thank you, Sandy, for that wonderful announcement is that we created this prayer as a step of faith with an intention that we would call the new minister forward. And so what we had to do is let go of the process. We surrendered it to spirit. And we had to let go of the conditions around it and just be present and allow it to reveal itself, because spirit reveals itself. So that's what's happening. And whenever it happens, will be the right and perfect time. And so let's um, say this prayer together. Oh, yes, please. Let's everybody stand up as we read this together. Okay, there is only one life. This life is good. This life is God. This life is my life now. And knowing that I am one with this life that is God... I therefore know that I am one with all of its blessed expressions, which includes the presence of a new minister for my beloved spiritual community. Because I know that the highest purpose of my new minister is to express spirit, I therefore know that my new minister is a revelation of spirit as wisdom. I further know that my new minister is a fulfillment of that which has been promised by God, for it is written, to realize that God is ever present, ever available, is to know that all the wisdom, intelligence, and power of the universe is right where you are. As I stand in agreement with my beloved community, I see my new minister before me as lighting this safe space in unity, love, and belonging. I now intend to experience my new minister in full cooperation and agreement with my community, knowing this truth about myself. For I am inspired to align with divine wisdom so that all around me feel uplifted, strengthened, and loved. I am calling forth the awareness of oneness as the source of universal truth. I am demonstrating the power of love in leading and guiding PCSL in its expression of wholeness and abundance. I am expressing passion for providing broad educational opportunities for spiritual growth and experiences both in person and virtually. I am nurturing modern families, engaging our communities, and standing up for a diverse, equitable, and inclusive society. As I now accept the highest expression of a new minister into my life, I know that they will be revealed in a way that will express spirit and serve the highest and greatest good of all who are touched by their presence. I am grateful God is gracious. And so it is. And so it is. Thank you, you can be seated. So what happened is when we created that, we knew that, that each of us had to stand in that place of ministry, of minister, and hold that truth for ourselves. So as we've been holding that, we've been calling that forward. So very excited to see what happens next. So thank you. Thank you for your patience, for your dedication, and for your prayers. So my, uh, our talk, our theme this month is living as wholeness. This has nothing to do with that, but it's just a story. <laughs> a story I found about a woman in Maine. One Saturday afternoon, she went into this small ice cream shop. And the place was empty, except for one man sitting in the corner at a table. And she looked over, and it was Paul Newman. Ooh. She was so excited that, that was, that's her hero. She loved everything that he's done with movies and his charities, and she was so excited and she was so flustered because she admired him so much, and I think his blue eyes made her nervous. (laughs) So she became very nervous and self-conscious, and so she ordered ice cream, and when she was getting ready to pay for it, she uh, was so flustered, she dropped all the change on the floor. So she's down on the floor in her hands and knees picking it up and so embarrassed. And um, she said, I can't stay in here. I have to leave. I'm going to go eat this in my car. So she picks everything up, and she leaves. And she goes to her car, and she realizes she doesn't have any ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) She goes, oh, this is ridiculous. I'm just going to go in there with my head held high and get my ice cream and, and, and eat it. So she goes in. She goes up to the counter, and she said, excuse me, but I don't see my ice cream. And then a voice from over in the corner at the table said, it's in your purse. (laughs) (laughs) So when we talk about wholeness, it includes everything. It includes our embarrassment. It includes what we want. It includes our mistakes. It includes everything, because that's, that's the Wholeness, and uh, Dr. Ruth talked about this last week, that wholeness includes everything, every aspect of it, spirit, mind, body, and emotions. And so that when we have that mindset that we embrace everything about us, we embrace it. And that's, that's our willingness and our wholeness. Dr. Ruth shared that she said, if we're looking to be perfect, we missed the mark. Wholeness is not about perfection. It's not about perfection, it's about accepting all that is right where we are. And the, who, the, the part of us that's the ego, the human personality, that's the part that wants to be perfect. But our spiritual part already is whole, complete, and perfect. So, Ernest Holmes says, every person represents an individualization of universal wholeness. The love, peace, joy, and freedom of spirit. So spirit already is that and we're allowing ourselves to be individualized expressions of spirit and allowing that to be revealed in our lives. So as we align with the presence of spirit, as we align with that that truth of who we are, we embody those qualities. And that we can't go make those qualities happen, but when we allow them, they express through us. They express through us. So sometimes this is really difficult, isn't it, when we look at the world around us. We might look at our lives, or we look at the world. We look at the world and see division. We see separation. We see conflict. We might have struggles in our own life with health, with money, with relationship. And it's like it's so it's hard for us sometimes to wrap our brains around that idea of wholeness. But we have to become aware of every thought, the, our, our simplest thoughts. Because whenever we pay attention to our thoughts, we can bring our awareness back to wholeness instead of on what the conditions are. So my own experience was years ago, I was on a lunch break. And I went through Wendy's drive-through to get my lunch, and there was a car in front of me. It was this old car; it was all beat up, and um, scratches and scrapes and dents and and uh, and was taking a really long time to go through the drive-through. And of course, I was in a hurry. Don't you know when you're in a hurry, that always happens? Okay, and so I was making a lot of judgments in my mind about this car, and who was in it, and why are they taking so long. And so I get up to the window and um, hand them my money. And they said, oh, the, car, the person in front of you paid for your lunch. Oh, wow. I was delighted and fully embarrassed because I recognized all my judgment. And that's how, we, that's how we begin the process of entering wholeness. We pay attention to those thoughts. Every thought we have about judgment or criticism or just an unkind thought, we pay attention to that so we can correct it, so we can bring it back to wholeness. So here's the rest of that quote by Ernest Holmes. He says, we have a divine right to be masters of our own fate. We have a divine right to rise above fear, impoverishment, and disease. We understand that the power of spirit expresses through every atom in our being, now, in this moment. I love that. We are the masters of our own fate, right? We have a choice. Are we going to respond or react? We can claim the good each day for what it is we want in our lives. We wake up in the morning and decide, this is what I claim for myself. We have to do this work because the brain doesn't work that way. The brain is configured to automatically look, notice what's not working. Have you noticed that? That's, so the brain is doing that. So we counteract that because we know the principle. We know the truth. Psychologist Roy Baumeister said that we have a negativity bias, that we have this negativity bias. We can't look away from a traffic accident or the news, right? We want to see what what happened in that accident. What's going on there? We want to see the news. What's going on with the news? We have a tendency to give more weight in our minds to things that go wrong than things that go right. It's the way the brain works. And it can be so much that a negative event can hijack our minds in ways that can be detrimental to our health, to our work, to our relationships. So researchers report that if you give children a jar, and in one condition, every time they got the right answer, they would get to put a marble in the jar that they could keep. On the other condition, they had all the marbles, and every time they got a wrong answer, a marble was taken away. So guess what they found? It's the same contingency, one marble per, per answer, but the kids learned faster if they were going to lose something rather than the ones that were going to gain something. That's how the brain works. So we have to pay attention to that. When we feel failure, I have to ask ourselves, what can I learn from this experience? We defined it as failure. Is it really failure, or is it just an opportunity to learn something deeper? How can I see this situation differently? So we're constantly retraining the brain. We're constantly retraining the brain. And what a a gift we have of spiritual mind treatment, of affirmations, of prayer. We have so many tools that we can use to retrain the brain. And so one of my teachers, Reverend Lloyd Strom, he said there's three ways to look at what's happening in the world. Illusion, reality, and the truth. And I I love his explanation. So illusion is the inversion of the life cycle. And we're going counterclockwise. So what happens is that we see conditions in the world. The conditions in the world create our feelings of separateness, right? We We look at the conditions, and they create feelings of separateness, which makes me aware of the conditions in the world. So it's this cycle that goes the opposite way And it's looking at the conditions in the world and our separateness to it. So this is our judgment of the world. This is paying attention to the stuff we don't want to have happen. We know whatever we put our attention on increases. So we put our attention on those stories or those situations. So that's the illusion, the reality is the called the inertia of the life cycle? So the reality is, it's really our hidden fears of unworthiness, unworthiness or limitation or lack, whatever those hidden fears are. The hidden fears create a condition of separateness, which makes me aware of my fears of unworthiness. So when we start with unworthiness, it we look at I have I. Don't feel worthy. I feel like I'm not enough. Then I look at it creates a condition of separateness. I feel separate because I'm not enough. I'm not enough to be here. I'm not enough to, to participate. Then it makes me aware of my hidden fears of unworthiness. So uh, it reminded me from the uh, book of Job. The thing I have greatly feared has come upon me, and that which was I was afraid of has come to me when we look at our our hidden fears in the world. But as we practice spiritual principle and mindfulness, we move into a place of expansion. We're able to see the world differently. So the illusion is counterclockwise. The reality is the inertia of the life cycle. But the truth is the expansion of the life cycle. And that's when we start with my oneness with God. That's when we start from a place of faith. Rather than starting with a condition in the world or my fear, I remember my oneness with God releases my fears of unworthiness, which makes me feel whole, which creates conditions of wholeness and acceptance that makes me aware of my oneness with God. So in the, in the cycle, my oneness with God releases my fears of unworthiness, which makes me feel whole, which creates conditions of wholeness, which makes me aware of my oneness with God. So we always start with a divine ideal. We always start with spirit first, that beauty, joy, love, wisdom, unity, the, the qualities of God, those are the, the expressions of God that we are individualizing. When we start with that, we begin our day with that. We begin the project with that. That's why we started this project of a new minister with the word of wisdom, that we, we claim wisdom. We're being guided in the process. As you shall know the truth, the truth shall set you free. When we claim the truth for ourselves, there's a sense of freedom. And that truly is our wholeness. Because it's spirit, mind, body, emotion, we take all of it in. The more we stay focused on the wholeness of who we are and the world around us, the greater experience of wholeness and acceptance, right? Then we look at the world and we know there's something good. We can even look at a news story that doesn't feel so good and trust and know there's something greater happening behind the scenes. We know there's something greater happening. So this is especially important as we move into the holidays and we have an opportunity to spend time with family and friends, right? because all sorts of things come up. Holiday is very interesting. Uh, Our holiday is a lot of feelings. It's like a big ball of feelings. All of our memories of the past, (laughs) Uh, emotions from when we, we got the toy train we wanted or I didn't get the Barbie I, I wanted or, or my what happens with my relatives. So it's just a big mass of emotions and memories, expectations, right? So to pay attention as we move into this, what am I bringing to every experience? Am I going to bring my wholeness to this experience? Am I going to bring love into this experience? Can I bring joy into this experience? So as we identify that for ourselves, we claim that for whatever situation we're moving into. So I invite you to practice that and try it for yourself when you're in a situation in the coming weeks. That practice, how you go into it. Someone, I had a phone call from someone already worried about meeting with relatives and what they were going to say. And I said, you can't, you can't manage that, but you can manage yourself, right? And so that's the, the creation of that, of that expansion cycle, the truth cycle. So I think, oh, my cousin Susan will be at the dinner, and she makes me feel unworthy. No, that's the illusion. Susan can't make me feel anything. I have feelings and beliefs of unworthiness, so I feel that. So I rephrase it. When I understand that I have the feelings of unworthiness, I claim my wholeness with God, the love that God is. I claim love around me, notice my feelings and release them and pay, pay attention to accepting the wholeness around me, which makes me aware of my oneness with God. So I invite you to practice that and see what happens over the holidays. Ernest Holmes says, the answers to your problems lie not in God's willingness, but in your ability to believe. Isn't that great? The answers to your problems lie not in God's willingness, The good is always operating in my life, but am I willing to believe? Let's practice. Repeat after me. I am confident in my ability to meet every situation. my My consciousness of good is expressing through my thought. My consciousness of good is expressing through my thought. My mind is open to an influx of truth.
0: My mind
1: is open to an influx of truth. I am led into pathways of peace. I am led into pathways of peace. Um, So set yourself up with what you need. Pay attention to what your emotions are. Look to see what expectations you have. Or considerations you have, or fears that you might have, pay attention and practice. There's a uh, in this month's uh, Signs of Mine magazine. There is an article by a friend of mine, Joanne McFadden, and she talks about uh, the Holocaust and wholeness and what she learned through her own walk of faith. And there was a a statement that she said that really I connected with. She said, when we connect with spirit, we are able to be at peace. And whatever has come our way, we thrive as fuller expressions of our own divinity. Living from this place means knowing we have everything we will ever need and that we always have a soft spot to land in spirit no matter what is going on. And that's our faith. We have a soft spot in spirit that is there for us. That spirit is always expressing through us. And when we have that connection, we have that soft spot to land on. We have that soft spot to go back to. We have that place of faith. So as we practice mindfulness and awareness of what's going on with our thoughts, with our feelings, what's going on in the world. The more we do that, the more we develop our faith. The more we practice letting go of what's not working and claiming what is. So let's move, take this all into prayer. Oh, what a grateful, how grateful I am. With a grateful heart I give thanks for this blessing of knowing this greater truth of standing in wholeness of spirit mind body and emotions knowing the wholeness that is the truth of who I am and as i know this for myself i know that each of us is open to that expansion of truth that expansion of spirit moving in and through and as us this day that right when i where i am i let go of any condition of fear any belief and unworthiness And I claim the oneness that I am. I claim the unity that I am. I claim the goodness that is God revealed as my life. So I speak this word knowing that not only for each of us here, but for all of humanity this day. And I especially send light to any place where there is conflict. And today we send light to the the places where they have been harmed by the tornado from this weekend. We know that whatever is needed, is already revealed and provided for. And we know as we move into this season of light, we expand that light in our hearts and in our minds and know that this presence of love lifts us, surrounds us, and we send it out into the world. And I give thanks for all of this with a grateful heart, and together we proclaim, and so it is blessings.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. Our inspirational service is at 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.